Welcome to the Montgomery Community Church Podcast. Thank you so much for listening today. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you to grow deeper in your faith. If you'd like to learn more about MCC, you can visit our website at mcc.church. Are you glad to be here this morning? Isn't it amazing? Absolutely. This is the day that the Lord has made. We're going to rejoice and be glad in it. And I tell you what, I'm rejoicing in being here. I'm rejoicing being here with you, those online. And I'll tell you what, today rejoicing being with this man right here. And uh, John, he is leading us. And I know you're just getting to know him over the past several months. But what a heart. What a great man and leader. So thankful for you. Thanks for being up here today. Yeah, it's awesome. And uh, we are ending our series today, this short series called Devoted. And we began this series by asking the question, how can we live for more? I mean, so many people want their lives to count. They want their lives to matter. So how can we live for more? Well, we learned that a great deal of the answer to that lies in how you define the word more. I mean, for some, it's more health, and that's why they work out every single day. They watch carefully what they eat. You know, I had some peanut M&Ms earlier. I was watching those as I ate those. Um, I don't know if I fall into that category. Uh, For others, it's just more stuff. I mean, that's why they buy the latest whatever, right? And then they, you know, have a picture on Instagram or Facebook of them standing, you know, next to it or in front of it. Uh, People live for more, but sometimes the more leads to a whole lot less than they ever bargained for. And that's why we began our journey by looking at the First Testament church in the first century. Because they lived for more. They lived for the right kind of more. And they knew that they were gonna do that. They needed to shift really from a solo pursuit to a corporate pursuit. And that's why we see the first three words here in Acts 2.42, they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves as a group to particular things. And the the reality is we all devote ourselves to something. Many people are devoted to their own advancement. Or they're devoted to their lawn to make sure it looks good, right? Or, you know, they're devoted to their next vacation. They're devoted to their marriage. I mean, there's different things you can be devoted to, but if you want to live for more, we need to devote ourselves to the right things. They did. And they devoted themselves, they learned, through experiencing God, through teaching and through fellowship, It's partly what we're doing right now, the teaching part. The fellowship, well, we've already had that. We're going to, you know, afterwards, I hope you enjoy your time with one another. They devoted themselves to growing together through breaking bread and through prayer, mostly done in a smaller group gathering. And then they devoted themselves to discovering their purpose through sharing everything in common, their gifts, their finances, their time, their talents. And they learned that as a result of doing all these things, they were able to make an impact for the glory of Jesus Christ. The Bible says they made an impact as they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So through their devotion to serving anyone, they impacted all kinds of hurting ones and lonely ones, valued ones, lost ones. They truly made an impact. It's like they took Christ's words really to heart. Remember those words? Do you think of yourself this way? Jesus said, if you follow me, you are the light of the world. Do you think of yourself as the light of the world? A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. He says, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. 
In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. Well, do you want that kind of result in your own life? Do you? I encourage you to partner your life with the life of another in order to impact many others. I'll say that again. I encourage you to partner your life with the life of another so you can impact many others. Because this was a lesson that the first century church learned, not just through experience, but through their devoted application of Christ's clear instructions. We see this first in Luke chapter 9, and then once again in Luke chapter 10. Two fascinating chapters. I think Luke repeats himself here slightly because sometimes we need things to be repeated in order for us to get it. And so we're going to dive in today. John and I are going to go back and forth between Luke 9 and Luke 10 as we discover together how to impact others for the name of Jesus Christ. So John. So yeah, let's start with chapter 9 of Luke chapter 9 verse 1. It says, when Jesus had called the 12 together, he gave them power and authority to drive out all demons and to cure diseases. As followers of Jesus, do you know that he has given you this power and authority to serve those around you? I mean, do you know that, that Jesus has given us this power and authority? But a better question is, if you do know that, are you operating in that power and authority? Are you actually leaning into the authority that Jesus has given to you? Honestly, for far too many believers around the world, we're just really fine with living in our comfort zones, aren't we? We're totally okay with pulling into our, our, our garage and not knowing our neighbors and just going on about our day. As long as our life's okay, we're fine. For far too many believers, we're okay with just serving the poor maybe once a year, maybe at Thanksgiving, like downtown Cincinnati or something like that. For far too many of uh, believers, they're okay with just coming to a service on a weekend, hearing a sermon, and then check, you know, doing the checkbox and being done with it. But Jesus gave us power and authority, not just to hear sermons and come to a weekend service, but to be the sermon for those around us, to be the, his hands and his feet, and to be the church to those that we are in community with and that we are connected with and that we live next door to people, then we can be there, be Jesus' hands and feet to them. That's why just after Jesus rose, but before he ascended into heaven, he reminded the disciples and, and us of this. And when he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So our first lesson today is that by the authority given to us by Jesus, we serve others in the name of Jesus. Jesus has given us authority and we can serve others in that same authority. Now, my wife and I, we have only been here at MCC for probably, I think around seven months now. And Two months into our time here at MCC, we, I grew up here in Cincinnati, uh, we moved to New York City and we sold our car and really went all in in, in uh, New York. And we moved back here and New York and Cincinnati are a little different. Uh, you know, you don't necessarily have to pay to park in a garage every single day. Uh, and so we sold our car, but now we had to have a car. 
And actually, we had to have two cars because I work in Montgomery, she works in Price Hill. So we're not really along the way, you know? Uh, And so we moved back, but we did not have the finances to buy two cars, let alone one car, because, you know, I've heard that it's a really great time to buy a car right now. (laughs) And so we're kind of stuck with this, and we know that we've got a big tax bill coming. I was a pastor uh, up in New York City, which is one of the most expensive cities in the country, and based on previous tax years, well, we knew it was going to be around $8,000. And so we're sitting there like, what are we going to do? And I shared it with some people, and I guess words started getting out because UPS informed us that a check was coming in the mail, Uh, and we started receiving checks from people who we did not know because we had only been here for two months. They were sending us checks so that we could afford a car. Uh, They didn't even know us, and so we were able to use that, and instead of freaking out about the mountain in front of us, We could trust God that was going to move that mountain for us, and we jumped on a car on Facebook Marketplace, and Heather is still driving that car today, and then we were able to pay our tax bill without, you know, wrecking us or anything like that financially, and then one guy in our our, uh, congregation, he took it upon himself, like his personal mission, to get me a car, and so I got a car that for the grand price of zero dollars, and he even went to the DMV with me and stood in line forever and then paid the taxes and the registration and all that. I mean, that is what it looks like. Yes, absolutely. Now, that is what it looks like to being devoted to making an impact in other people's lives, giving of yourself, sacrificing of yourself, and using the talents and the treasures and the gifts that God has given you to make an impact in people's lives. And I can't tell you how welcomed we feel. We've we've only been here seven months, and we feel like this is our home, that these are our family members, that you are a part of our family. And we didn't feel like that, but because of all of the gracious service that you all have just dumped on us, we feel like this is exactly where God wants us to be. That's what it looks like when you use the power and authority that Jesus has given you to live a life devoted to making an impact because it's made an impact in our lives. So thank you for all of those who, who served us so faithfully. Wow. You've been a Christian for how long? Oh, uh, um, uh, since I was like 13, so 21 years. Wow. Have you ever experienced something like this before, where where other Christians kind of stepped in and and served in that way? Not really, no. I've heard about it, and that's great for them, you know? (laughs) Like, oh, I don't don't get to cash those checks, but good for you. (laughs) It reminds me again of what Jesus said, by our love for one another, This world, the world out there is going to know that we follow him by our love. And you are the recipient of love of this family. I'm just thrilled. Keep going. Keep serving. Keep impacting. And uh, keep making a difference in the lives of others because God is using you tremendously. Thank you. Thank you. Luke goes on in chapter 10. And we see a second lesson here. In verse 1 it says, After this the Lord appointed 72 others. So many more, and sent them out two by two ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. So before we move on, two questions. How 
and why? How and why? I mean, how did Jesus send his disciples out to serve? In pairs, in a group. I find that interesting because while we can serve others while we're alone, you know, all by ourselves, we can impact others for sure. Most often the greatest impact that can be made is when we serve others together. All the way back in the Old Testament, it says two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. You see, when we serve together, we have the opportunity to combine our gifts with the gifts of another because we're all different parts of the body of Christ. We have the opportunity to hold each other accountable to remain focused in our efforts. And we have the opportunity really to encourage one another when the serving gets hard. As the next verse says, if other of them falls down, one can help the other up. That leads us to the why. I mean, why do we serve with others then to impact others? Well, Luke says it this way, the disciples went ahead of him to every town and place where he was about to go. So basically, Jesus sent his disciples out before him to prepare others for him. Think about that. Jesus sent his disciples out before him to prepare others for him. So when we go out and we serve, we're the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. We prepare others to see Christ more clearly. Second lesson, we serve together in the name of Jesus to prepare the way for the fullness of Jesus. You ever thought about that? When it comes to experiencing the fullness of Jesus, I like what Jesus said. John 16, he says, until now you have not asked for anything in my name. Ask and you will receive and your joy will be complete. And so in this one sentence, Jesus offers us the most powerful gift imaginable. He offers us himself. And he says, you know what, I'm giving you something Moses never had. Something that David never had, and Esther never had, and Daniel never had, and Elijah never had. I'm giving you my name. So use my name, speak my name, use my name in prayer, and speak my name when you serve. Friends, we can serve others. We can. We can make an impact in differing ways, but nothing compares to the impact we can make in the name of Jesus. I like how Paul put it. He says, I planted the seed, so I did take a part. Apollos watered it, somebody else joined with me, but God has been making it grow. So in light of that, are you taking advantage of the opportunity to serve others right here? I think it's a real pivotal question because of what Jesus says next in Luke 10. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. He says, the needs are many, but those who are meeting the needs are few. And when it comes to our harvest field, I want you to think about our harvest field starts right here and extends outward from this place. Basically, this is where we gather in order to scatter. In light of that, how might Christ's words apply to our children's ministry? We have children downstairs right now. They need to know Jesus, more about him. They need to grow in their faith. How could God use you to impact them? And think about our students. I don't know what age you are, we're all different ages, but I mean, when you were back in high school, we thought we had pressures. Think about our junior high and high school students today. The pressures in our culture today. How could God use you to come alongside them, to help them grow in their faith? The opportunities are endless. And how about our guest services? How could you serve and welcome those who are new into our family of faith here? 
And how about our worship ministry? Have you been given gifts to lead musically or to sing? You could be up here leading us in the worship of our Lord. What could that look like? And our seniors, we've got beautiful seniors here, and they're making an impact in so many different ways, but how could you come alongside them and help them and serve them? And how about our surrounding community? The needs are just endless out there. People who need to see Jesus Christ in action. I like how Paul put it. He says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? Friends, may we never forget, we serve together in the name of Jesus to prepare the way for the fullness of Jesus. And I love that, that we serve together in the name of Jesus to prepare the way of, for the fullness of Jesus. But how do we actually do that? How do we actually prepare the way for the fullness of Jesus to come into someone's life, to come into a neighborhood, to come into your neighbor's life? Well, Jesus actually gives us some uh, guardrails on how to do this. And so Luke chapter 10, verse four, tells us, do not take a purse or a bag or sandals. Don't take a purse, a bag, or sandals. In Luke nine, verse three, it says, take nothing for the journey. No staff, no bag, no, no bread, no money, no extra shirt. I mean, what is going on here? I mean, if you're gonna take a road trip, you're gonna have snacks, right? I mean, that's the best part of the road trip, really. Uh, you're gonna probably make a playlist or something like that. But Jesus is saying, no, don't take any of that stuff. Don't bring any of that. Why? I don't know about you, but if the essentials for daily living in my life aren't being met, I'm definitely praying hard, aren't I? I'm definitely asking God to meet those needs in my life. And so that's, I think, why Jesus is instructing us this way so that we can make an impact in the lives around us by trusting him to provide the, the power and authority that we need in order to make an impact. Jesus goes on to say in verse uh, four of chapter 10, do not greet anyone on the road. Well, that seems kind of unfriendly, doesn't it? D -d Don't even greet anyone on the road. And he makes matters even more complicated for us by saying in Luke 9, verse 4, whatever house you enter, stay there until you leave that house. And Jesus goes on to say in verse 10, or chapter 10 of verse 7, stay there eating and drinking whatever they give you, for the worker deserves his wages. Do not move around from house to house. So wait a minute, what, what is going on here? I mean, you can almost hear the disciples just kind of grumbling and grappling with what Jesus is telling them. He's like, you're sending us out to a place that we've never been to, to be put up by people that we've never met, and to live with them while we're there serving those with no resources. I mean, what if these people smell funny? What, what if, what if they don't have good accommodating uh, uh, housing? Like, they don't have AC. What if they don't have vegetarian options like my wife would need? You know, I mean, how, how do we do that, Jesus? And so they're saying, Jesus, you're making this serving thing not really that attractional. I mean, that doesn't sound like a lot of fun. But before they say that, Jesus goes on and adds one final detail. In Luke 9, verse 5, he says, if people do not welcome you, leave their town and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. I mean, I can't imagine that. I mean, Jesus is saying, you're going to encounter people that don't really want your help. 
You're gonna encounter people that don't really want you around. They're not gonna like you, but serve them anyway because as you're serving, you always need to remember that there will be people who welcome you along the journey. So keep going and don't give up. After all, if we, for the third lesson for today is we serve faithfully in the name of Jesus so others may experience the power of Jesus. Your comfort level isn't the focus here. Your, you know, how, how well, is this gonna fit in my schedule or my timeline or is this something I really like doing? That's not what we're talking about. Jesus is saying we need to serve faithfully in the name of Jesus so others can experience the power of Jesus. In Luke 9, verse 10, the disciples did this exact thing. It says, when the apostles returned, they reported to Jesus what they had done. They were serving faithfully in his name and using the authority and power given to, the, given to them by him. Now, if Jesus was standing here physically today, what would your report card look like? Oh, man, he asked that question. What would my report card look like? We must always remember the words that Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians chapter 20, verse 12, when he says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Wow, it's a lot to take in. Yeah, that is. <laughs> so they took all that in, right? They, 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 Jesus told them what to do. They did it even though it was difficult. They saw all this fruit from their labor. And then they're exhausted. They're completely wiped out. They needed this time of rest. And so the Bible says in verse 10, it says, Then he, Jesus, took them with him, and they withdrew by themselves to a town called Bethsaida. Now, the town is listed. Why? Well, because there's a purpose for this. And many people think, well, I mean, Bethsaida must be like this quiet little town to get away from it all. Rather, think about it this way. Bethsaida was kind of like Gary, Indiana. Well, it's set on the water. It's a place that no one really wants to go. You know, it's just that kind of a stinky place. It's not an attractional place. You kind of go through there quickly. You don't hang out in Gary, Indiana. You don't hang out at Bethsaida. And so Jesus took them there. And yet this nice, quiet time soon took a turn. Verse 11 says, but the crowds learned about it and followed him. He welcomed them and spoke to them about the kingdom of God and healed those who needed healing. Well, it's great if you're part of the crowd, right? You get your needs met. But if you're to the disciples, you're wondering, well, how about us? How about us? I mean, have you ever had your perfect plans destroyed? For example, your car broke down while on vacation, and it cost you more than your entire vacation. For example, your spouse maybe got sick on your honeymoon. That happened to my parents. Or maybe your son quit his full-time job and then announced that he'd like to move back home. <laughs> Ever had your perfect plans destroyed? Well, the disciples thought they were going to get this time away to spend alone with Jesus. They thought they were going to have this little mini vacation to get away from it all before heading out on their next assignment. And now their next assignment had found them. And that's why late in the afternoon, the 12 came to him and said, send the crowd away so they can go to the surrounding villages and countryside and find food and lodging because we are in a remote place here. Basically, they're saying, Jesus, we're tired. We're tired of people. We're tired of serving. So send them away so they can serve themselves. And Jesus heard them. 
And then he spoke these words. He said, you give them something to eat. You meet their need. And I don't know about you, but can you imagine their frustration? I mean, they just, you know, went away. They went on this mission where they told they can bring no food, no extra clothing, no money, no basic essentials. And they want to look at Jesus and say, Jesus, we did what you asked. We even had success doing it. But now we want time alone. We want time to rest. We want time with you and we want time away from them. And now you're telling us it's our job to feed them? Well, that'd be nice, but you know, we have nothing in which to serve them since you told us we could bring nothing. Pretty frustrating. So they answered, we have only five loaves of bread and, and two fish. Unless we go and buy food for all this crowd. It's quite a statement. You know, the Bible says about 5,000 men were there, which you add women and children, over 10,000 people. So, I mean, that's great. You want us to feed them? Well, let's buy them all the food that they need, Jesus, with all the money we don't have. Conversation over. Or so they thought. But he said to his disciples, have them sit down in groups of about 50 each. The disciples did so, and everyone sat down. Taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks and broke them. Then he gave them to the disciples to distribute to the people. They all ate and were satisfied. It was a miracle. A miracle. From just five loaves and two fish, over 10,000 people were served. Over 10,000 people were fed. And certainly it proved the power of Jesus to those people. And certainly word of that miracle would spread all the way to Jerusalem. Eventually all around the world. People know about this miracle virtually in every corner of the world. And even so I think people focus on the miracle. And maybe miss the best part. I say this because what's written in the latter part of verse 17. A detail many people miss. And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. See, I think Jesus didn't perform this miracle as much for all the crowds as he did for his own disciples. Remember, they went on this mission. They couldn't bring anything with them. And now, after feeding over 10,000 people, there were 12 basketfuls left over. One basket for each disciple. And Jesus was saying, oh, you're not adequate to serve on your own. You know, you don't have necessarily all the skills, certainly the money, and maybe even the smarts. But when you serve together in community, and you serve together in my name, I'm going to give you all that you need. And I'm going to meet the needs of everyone else. Friends, may we never forget that a generous soul will prosper. And he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. So do you want to live for more? Do you? Then remember and reflect upon what Jesus said. These are powerful words. Give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. You see, when we serve wholeheartedly in the name of Jesus, we receive overflowing blessings from the hand of Jesus. I love that. Yeah, yeah I love that. Do you want that for your life? I do. I want to receive overflowing blessings from the hand of Jesus. Absolutely. So if you want that for your life, then you need to serve others. 
It's that simple. You need to serve others. And the way we do that and how we can connect you into doing that here at MCC, inside the church and outside the church and around the world is really through three big buckets. The first is to build relationships. We build relationships with people around us. And I mean, you can't imagine how lonely people are. Just thirsty for someone to say hi to them and really know their name and, 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 get, and get them. One way we do that is through Second Saturday Serve, and you can come and, and serve people every single month on the second Saturday of the month. There's people in Avondale and Middletown and Yorktown and Village Green and, and senior care centers throughout the city where we are building relationships with people so that they know then that, that they have a relationship and that uh, the God who is a relational God and a relational being and we are living out that type of relationship with other people around us. And so you get to do that every second Saturday of the month. Another way is how we share burdens. So we build relationships so that we can share burdens. How do you know if someone's really struggling if you don't have a relationship with them and you know what's going on in their life and then you can shoulder that burden and help carry them onward? And so we do that by sharing burdens with others. One huge burden that is really skyrocketing here in our region and really just within Montgomery and really close just in our backyard is food insecurity. We partner with three area food pantries all within about a five to 15 minute drive from this campus and they are struggling to keep their shelves full. They are struggling to meet the needs that they are witnessing because since COVID, Food insecurity has skyrocketed like 60% in our region. So people are struggling just to put food on their tables. So that is one way we can serve those around us by coming every second Saturday of the month and donating food and essential products during our food and product drive during second Saturday serve. You don't even have to get out of your car. Just pop your trunk and we'll take it from you. I mean, that's how you can serve people. Another way is through foster care. I mean, I don't even understand all of the intricacies in, in uh, tribulations and trials that families have to go through because of the trauma that a child has gone through who's in the foster care system. But we at MCC provide wraparound care communities where a small group or individuals, a group of individuals can come around a family and serve them by really helping meet some of the basic needs like decluttering a garage or here's a lasagna and you have dinner for tonight or just building a relationship with the parents so that they can talk to other adults and, and have adult conversations with one another. And so that's another way that we can serve. A, a third way that we can build, uh, share burdens is through education. Uh, education is so important. And so we partner with uh, in WizKids and where you can go and tutor and mentor students in our area over at Operation Give Back or just down the street at Stewart Elementary where you can help a child uh, a, a, com a complete coursework and increase their grades and increase their confidence in the classroom and outside of the classroom and develop them into strong readers that will last them for for a career in education. And so we share burdens with those around us so that we can share Jesus with others. We build relationships, we share burdens so that we can share Jesus with others. We have assembled uh, through a Second Saturday Serve uh, the things called Live for More Packs, a Live for More kit. And in this, 
You can go and get it from uh, some of the volunteers in the uh, church atrium where this little packet was designed with your neighbor in mind. This is not necessarily for you, but this is a tool to where you can build relationships with your neighbor, where you can understand what, the, what burdens they're under and resource them with how to have those burdens met. And you can share Jesus with them all in this little packet that fits in the back of your, of, of your pants, in, in the uh, pocket in your pants. So I want absolutely every one of us to go today and pick up one of these, pick up a bag so that you can uh, uh, put all of the literature and all of the information from all of the other tables that are out there. There's volunteers ready to connect you into specific serving opportunities that fit you, that fit your gifts, that fit your family and your crazy schedules that fit exactly your small group, how you guys wanna serve, how Jesus has equipped you and empowered you and given you authority to serve those around us. So that's just those out serving opportunities outside of the church, but also inside of the church, there's just a plethora of ways that you can serve. You can greet people, you can make them feel welcomed at the Welcome Center, you can help them park their car, you can, uh, you can serve in the children's ministry or the student ministry, you can lead a small group, or uh, lead, a, lead a classroom here at MCC. The list could go on and on today, friends. But make, an make a point to visit one, one or all of the tables out in the atrium today so that you can get plugged in and share Jesus with others. Now today, we are going to kind of wrap up our time by not just uh, you know, getting empowered and yeah, we can share Jesus, but we're also gonna sing the song, Speak the Name of Jesus, because when we are equipped, we can then speak the name of Jesus over trials that people are going through, over uh, mountains that people seem are, are way too hard to get around or climb. We can sing and speak the name of Jesus over what it is that's going on in our life so that we can be filled up so that we can pour ourselves out to those around us. Thanks for listening. You can stay connected throughout the week by following Montgomery Community Church on Facebook and Instagram. For more information about MCC, visit our website at mcc.church.